Good day, folks. You know, things happen in life that you just get these random conversations. And then you're like, hey, you know what? Let's roll with it. And so I got to thank Edmund, you know, a student here in the history of Western sport. Well, it's not really a history of Western sport anymore. Just sport history. However, we decided to go in that direction. And Edmund's like, yeah, you know, what? you know, I play ultimate. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's dope. That sounds cool. I know absolutely nothing about ultimate. I know you throw a Frisbee and I see some highlights of some people like sprinting down, you know, the field. And I think that's dope. So I was like, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I know this guy named Remy, too. Like, let's roll with it. And I was like, you know what? Why not? So we got two. And I say this all the time, special guests, but we got two fantastic guests today. We have Edmund and Remy. First, I can get Edmund. Edmund, introduce yourself, please. And thank you. Uh, I'm Edmund. Um, I'm a 4B planning student at the University of Waterloo, so not at all related to history at all, actually. Um, and yeah, uh, I used to play tennis all my life competitively, um, switched over to Ultimate at the beginning of university, and uh, I've been playing for about four or five years now, and uh, play on the Waterloo men's team and play club during the summer. And Edmund, who's your uh, favorite tennis player? Uh, Rafael Nadal. Wrong answer. <laughs> it's Serena Williams. Sorry, I'm not, um, I'm not telling you who your favorite player is, but it's Serena Williams. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Edmund. Appreciate it. And we have Remy. Remy, go for it. Introduce yourself, please, and thank you. Hey, good to meet you guys. My name is Remy Ojo, uh, born and raised in Toronto. Uh, formerly, I've kind of followed, you know, an engineering, business, and, and analytics um, path. So that's kind of the formal training outside of, of Frisbee. Um, but Frisbee-wise, I uh, or I guess sport-wise, I actually grew up playing um, soccer um, most of my life. And I actually was fortunate enough to play with Queen's University for a couple of years. And in third year, uh, the coaching staff decided to go in a different direction, um, which basically means I got cut. Um, so I decided that I wanted to, you know, stay in shape, um, be active. And Ultimate was actually the closest thing um, physically as they shared a field with our, our practice team. Um, so I tried out, this was probably, I don't know, 2009, 2010, and it kind of just snowballed from there. And and it was cool because Ultimate was a space where you see a lot of other athletes translate into this sport and bring a lot of their other skills and, and know-how. Um, so I was lucky that, you know, I was someone who couldn't necessarily throw a Frisbee um, when I started, but I found a spot and a role and, and it kind of picked up from there in the community. Thanks, Remy. And um, I'm not sure if you're a professional. Okay, is it? All right, all right. Let, let's, let's do a level set. Is it Frisbee? <laughs> Is it ultimate frisbee or is it ultimate? What's the the correct terminology? You know, you'd have different parties that that say different things. I I go with ultimate frisbee. You know, for the for the greater population, um, I guess between the current players, ultimate will suffice. But ultimate frisbee is is the key there. All right, perfect. I was I was wondering. I'm like, hey, do I say ultimate frisbee or is it, is frisbee like this this negative thing to say? <laughs> so Remy, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure if you're a pro or if there's professional leagues, but what do you do outside of Ultimate? Like, what is your your nine to five? Ooh, my nine to five. You know, I'm, I'm the kind of person that likes to be involved, likes people, likes to, you know, keep busy um, almost, you know, to a fault. Um, so outside of Frisbee, you know, I, I'm kind of pursuing an analytics and technology career path, you know, playing in, in the digital engineering space. 
Um, but that's more just like the career path. But other than that, I like to stay involved in the community, um, give back. And an example of that is uh, my brother and I, we started a scholarship, um, I believe it was last year. I think it's being handed out this year, but we started it last year. And what we were trying to do um, was create an opportunity for um, black students in high school to, to jump into STEM, because as we know, it's a little bit, you know, um, uneven in terms of the, the diversity in science and technology. I like how, uh, how, uh, how PC that was. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there ain't no black people in STEM. All right. That, that's yeah. what I ain't, There ain't a whole lot of black people in STEM. All right. It's true. Right, it's true. <laughs> um, and especially when I, like in my experience, it was very monochromatic. Um, so yeah, we wanted to, you know, make it a little bit more affordable. Um, and then, uh, so worked with some groups and yeah, that's, I'm, I'm constantly finding ways to, just over-involve myself and in, enjoy the the limited energy I have as I I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> <laughs> I like you say you're not you're black don't crack man. We always yeah, stay the true. same age. We're somewhere between 25 and 65 for the rest of our lives. That's that's <laughs> how we roll. So Edmund, how do we play ultimate slash ultimate frisbee? How how does this game played? What do we need outside of a frisbee? Um. You just need a frisbee and a large patch of grass. Um, you know, frisbee. How to explain it? It's there's two end zones, um, and you basically have to pass the frisbee between your teammates and uh, catch the frisbee in the end zone, um, and that's how you score a goal. And you cannot run with the frisbee, um, and you get 10 seconds with the frisbee before you have to get rid of it or it's a turnover. So what would a typical team look like? How many players on a team? I mean, what's the season? I know Edmund, you play at Waterloo. And so like, what's the Waterloo season? And then Remy, what's the, the outside of, you know, university or school season? So Edmund, what's the, the Waterloo season like? Yeah, so the university season in Canada is actually really short. Um, we hold tryouts basically like the first few days of school. Um, and then it goes until, I want to say, mid-October. Uh, that's the outdoor season. And there's three tournaments, um, one of them being Canadian Nationals. Um, and then you go into this indoor season, which is a 4v4 kind of condensed version of, of Ultimate. Um, and then that kind of runs throughout uh, the winter. And Remy, so what does it look like outside of, you know, university spaces? Yeah, so I, I guess I've been fortunate to exist in, in a handful of spaces. Um, so outside of university, the first one that I, you know, came in contact with was um, the Toronto Touring System, which, you know, the touring definition is the beginning of clubs, so like your touring soccer team. Um, so in Toronto, for example, um, the men's system has has three levels, um, and I kind of worked my way up through that through that touring system. Um, within Canada, you've got you know your um, Canadian nationals um, circuit. So you've got sectionals, regionals, and then nationals, and and you kind of work towards that, um, but we found that uh, you know some of the Canadian teams wanted more out of the 
uh, more com- uh, competitiveness, let's say, and they've gone down to play in the States. So there's the formerly UPA series, which is now USAU Nationals, which is a much wider circuit. Um, similar kind of structure, sectionals, regionals, and nationals. And for most players, that's, that is the pinnacle of um, ultimate success. That's usually what you're striving for if you're participating in that circuit. And And the interesting thing there is, you know, from a club level, um, you get a lot of teams that that partake in it internationally, which is kind of cool, whether it's um, just the, the U.S. Open Series or even the traditional National Circuit Series as well. Um, and then you get into the, the national space, um, uh, the national international teams. Um, so it's it gets a little bit more funky at that level. So you've got your, you know, your traditional um, Team Canada grass frisbee. So you've got your your open, which is your men's teams, your mixed and your women's. Um, and that tournament usually happens every four years um, at the under 24, um, the, I guess, it's called the adult level. And then you've got grandmaster as you as you get older and fall into different brackets. Um, and then the spinoff international tournaments as well. So you've got, um, you know, keeping a focus on Team Canada, you've got Team Canada Beach, um, which is a whole other circuit um that i believe happened or used to happen every three years it might happen every four years now just to you know balance with um the regular grass schedule and uh hopefully um i know it's been tabled we can get ultimate into into the olympics yeah i was was literally just looking at that i'm like (laughs) it seems like it might be eligible for 2024 is that how how uh you know ideal or possible that can be uh, you know, I, I haven't kept the, you know, a close pulse on it. Last I saw, we lost out to breakdancing, which was heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> no, but, sorry, uh, I'm not laughing at breakdances. I'm not laughing at breakdances. <laughs> I'm not. I promise you. <laughs> sorry, uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's okay. Um, but maybe, uh, maybe 2028, hopefully I'm, you know, still young enough to, to bang with the young kids. I feel so old saying that, but uh, maybe 2028. So where like who gets into to ultimate i mean one of the things you really mentioned there i found you know really important is that we have men's teams women's teams and then mixed teams so who gets into it like how i mean like growing up you had a frisbee throw it around cool but who really gets into this this sport like why do people get into it i mean i hear you know y'all both had careers you know outside of spaces <laughs> and i like how remember you said you know there's coaching went into a different direction i got cut quote unquote <laughs> So, like, where do these folks come from that want to get into and, uh, you know, we really see Ultimate as being the quote-unquote counterculture in the 1960s. So, is that the same type of thing now, or is it more of a, a mainstream space that people want to get into? Ed, you want to take this one, or, or should I jump in? Um, I, I guess I'll start off with my own personal experience. Yeah, go ahead. That, um, you know, I played tennis my entire life, and it's a, you know, it's a sport that you play by yourself. It's very individual, and... Um, I just had a, a couple friends at the at the end of high school that uh, just taught me how to throw a frisbee, and then you know just decided to try it out once I got to university, and absolutely loved it. Um, just loved being in a team atmosphere and, and playing with other people, and um, yeah, I guess it is it is fairly untraditional. Um, few things about Ultimate is that it's you know the biggest thing at at the club level is that it's self self refereed um wait hold on there's no referees 
So <laughs> like no, like nobody's telling you rules and out of bounds and none of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the whole um, a big aspect of it is is something called spirit of the game, which is just uh, an elevated way of saying sportsmanship. But um, you know, when there's a call on the field, um, you you have to discuss that with your opponent and um, talk about your perspective and their perspective and just just talk it out and, and decide on something. Um, I think when you do get to the more important games, um, there are these things called observers, um, and they um, they kind of act as referees, but they don't have complete power over everything. I'm just imagining right now, you know, I'm, I'm a basketball guy, right? Yeah. I'm just imagining the NBA having no officials <laughs> and everybody just traveling, fouling, like not even caring. So I actually think that's actually really cool that you have a sport. And as you mentioned, even at the highest levels that they're, you know, this, the, I can say sportsmanship, but the, what's a, a better term for that? The joie de vivre, the, you know, spirit. The, the spirit. Yeah, exactly. The spirit of the game. I think that's really important that we see this in a sport that is going to be an Olympic sport. And so Remy, it's like for you too, I mean, you know, folks getting to the sport, you know, outside of quote unquote getting cut. I don't like to use that term getting cut because you're right. Coaches do have different focuses on teams and like, hmm, you don't fit no more. And I'm like, mm, okay, all right, cool. Let me move on. So where are you seeing other folks really getting into this sport? Um, yeah, so, tr- I mean, traditionally, nobody, like, nobody really just, or at least, like, uh, before, nobody gets into Ultimate. That's not something you you heard of, and it's not like, like, if you go back even, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, no one was, you know, going to middle school or high school or whatever and be like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do Ultimate. Or, on the flip side, no one's, parents, for the most part, or largely, are like, I'm going to put my kid into ultimate. That wasn't the case um, because first of all, no one really understood what it was. Um, Now that it's achieved, you know, a much higher level of popularity and it's actually one of the fastest growing sports in the world, you are now seeing the development of all of these um, uh, kid camps, elite camps, um, opportunities for it to be um, the primary sport for a lot of people growing up, which is, which is super interesting. Um, Having just, I guess, well, not just, I guess 10 years ago when I first started, I should say, you're seeing a lot of people come into the space with skills from other places that translate pretty well. Um, For example, you see a lot of soccer players. um, And surprisingly, you see a lot of um, basketball players as well. Um, And it's actually interesting because it works two ways in that space because I know a lot of the D1 schools in the States actually – use ultimate as part of their cross training in the off season um because of the um, parallels there so like d1 basketball teams will be using ultimate as a a cross training yeah because you'll you'll notice that uh, if you take handlers for example uh, Mm. which is one of the roles in in ultimate that we didn't touch on earlier um it's very similar to the stop start cutting motion that you you'd see in like your backcourt so like your i guess your guards um that you know you get the ball or the disc and you can't run with it so you're pivoting um you can't really bounce a frisbee to to get more steps so from from the pivot um perspective it's it's very similar there 
Yeah, because I'm looking at this now. You got handlers, cutters, vertical stack, horizontal stack, German isolation, <laughs> hexagon, Mexican. I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, but the way you explain it, I think, you know, looking at that cross training in that in that space that, yeah, it doesn't have a lot of parallels in other sports. And a big question I have is, you know, not just who gets into sport well, the sport in terms of, you know, previous or in other backgrounds, but mm-hmm. what does a sport look like? And, and you know, it, it is a leading question, I'll admit, because I'm looking at Ultimate, you know, I, I look at, you, you know, go online, check out the videos. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, all you need is a Frisbee and a field. Yeah. So who gets into it? Why do folks get into it? And not just necessarily the sporting or cross training aspect, but what is it about this the spirit of the game, the draw de vivre, that you know attracts certain types of folk? Yeah, you know, I, I can speak from from my experience and, and why I kind of fell into it. Um, when I when I was just getting started on my touring journey and having watched um, some of the top level teams in Toronto, particularly GOAT, um, 10 years ago, which is kind of wild, who I now play with now. Um, what is it called? GOAT? GOAT Ultimate, yeah. Like G-O-A-T, like GOAT? Correct, yeah. All right. Hey, man, GOAT, GOAT away. Hexagons and cutters <laughs> and GOATs. Yeah, I love this sport already. It, it, it's an interesting space. Um, but I, I personally, you know, I like to think that I'm decently athletic and was doing okay things in, in soccer and in ultimate you have a little bit more freedom on the field with how you how you move around how you dictate plays which is kind of interesting but for me it was the flow of the game um the rhythm of the game the pace of the game and just you know the 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 dance of the frisbee let's call it the disc in the air that was super interesting and very captivating um sometimes you see things that when they work really well they just resonate with you and you know an an a perfect throw or a, you know, a, a tricky, cheeky throw is, is something that's really, really worth seeing. And being able to strive for that was, was my experience as to why I was like, I want to do what those guys are doing. And Edmund, uh, same type of feeling, you know, like the, the look and feel of the sport. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty nice looking sport. Um, just the throws that some people are able to do and the and the dives or bids as we we call them and some of the catches that you know we see it's it's pretty incredible um and uh yeah i just i don't know i think that was definitely something that attracted to me attracted frisbee to me as well um just yeah it's it's cool to watch and it's it's fun to play so yeah, I mean, it seems highly athletic. And we're recording this in February 2021, um, you know, in the wake of what I like to call BLM Part 2, Black Lives, Black Lives Matter Part 2. And, you know, we, we've been seeing other sports really get involved in what we call equidiversity and inclusion and anti-racism, EDIR. Is there a space for Ultimate as well? Is, is Ultimate doing this or is it naturally in the spirit of the game that, you know, this inclusion of all, is that the, the quote unquote norm for this sport? You know, I think at the surface level, the inclusion of all is kind of within the, the spirit of the game and it manifests itself pretty quickly for, for people who join or people who are interested in joining or learning or, or what have you um, that, we at least we like to say that there's a role for 
anyone and you know from any background and any level of skills and talent um, you know and again that's at the surface level when you drill down a little bit you see a little bit more of the differences um, across the board I'd say again ultimate frisbee is mostly uh, monochromatic and that probably ties back to your, really, your question that we didn't jump into about who gets into the sport or how they get into the sport yeah um, yeah so yeah, who gets into it? How do they get into it? Because I mean, I'm I'm on the goat page right now, right? And I'm like, okay, I see, you know, all right, I see a black face, and I'm assuming it's yours, Remy, <laughs> um, on on their front page. And then you know, I'm I'm reading here, I see, you know, it's a goat, it's a diverse group of players. I'm like, cool, but um, who is diverse, and what does diversity mean in the space of ultimate? So yeah, who gets in? Like, what, what are the backgrounds? And not just say it straight up, like, what are the colors? the people who play yeah um traditionally it's it's been very uh very white i would say um for one reason or another um and you know why would that be i think for one reason you i guess for a lot of people one there's no awareness on what frisbee actually is or what ultimate actually is and two i don't think it's that popular or it's that cool to play like if people had the choice between investing time in, I don't know, basketball or football or soccer. Those are quote-unquote cooler um, for for people to wrap their heads around. Um, and I, it's probably for that reason that people, you know, make that choice to go after those sports versus ultimate. Um, and I guess that can also, if you go back a generation um, of Black people, having never experienced, you know, ultimate before, even my parents sometimes still don't believe that it's a real thing, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be at the forefront of their minds to keep it as an option for people um, people to join. Um, and another side of it, there's like there's also a weird educational piece to it. Like Ed, Edmund kind of talked about it before, how most people actually start in university, um, which is where people mostly find um, ultimate, whether it's uh, intramural sports or pickup or whatnot. And I guess traditionally we didn't see as many you know people of color going to university if you're, even if we we're going to like a lot further back and that's probably why there's such a skewness into why ultimate is is more monochromatic um but now as it's you know picking up speed it, it's becoming more reflective of the communities that they serve um so like you said you're on the goat website toronto is a very diverse city um so we're our, our system, let's call it, is is more reflective of that, but there's still some work to do both, I guess, within the city and in other communities. And Edmund, so, I mean, this is actually really interesting that the the entry point for, and you mentioned yourself, the entry point for you, Edmund, was, you know, coming, you know, you're a tennis player and then coming into university, you know, you, you get involved in this community. And on the surface, because I'm just looking at this sport as an outsider looking in, and on the surface, I'm like, well, one of the arguments that we have a lot in sport is that, you know, it is too expensive in, in some sports. Hockey, you know, the equipment, you know, getting into that, the socioeconomics is expensive. And then we argue, well, for a sport like soccer or basketball, you need a ball and you can play. And in ultimate frisbee, you need a field, grass, beach, <laughs> some kind of open space and a frisbee to play. So, Edmund, when you're looking at the the Waterloo ultimate team, what does that team look like? Um, the Waterloo, uh, 
Frisbee team is very Asian. Um, <laughs> very Asian and very white. Uh, so I got to qualify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't. I just can't sit here in my space and be like, okay, yeah, Asian. Let, let's take that as a as face value. So what, what do you mean by Asian? Uh, East Asian. Okay. Um, you know, like Han, Han-looking Asians, like Chinese, Korea, Japan. Right. Um, we have a few South Asians on the team as well. Um, I think one black guy. Um, and yeah, but predominantly it's it's like East Asian and and white people. What do you think that is? Um, I think Waterloo is, you know, we we were literally just discussing this earlier but uh waterloo is a very stem oriented school obviously um which i do think has a very high east asian and white population um and south asian as well but uh you know like we were talking about it's it's difficult um or there there aren't as many black people in in stem right um so i think i think that's the way it is um you know queens on the other hand uh just based on my experiences playing against them, it's a very stereotypically white school. Um, and I think their team is mostly just made up of white people. That sounds about right. That checks out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Correct. And, and for me, again, I, I'm an outsider looking in here. And, you know, I have a, a very similar argument when it comes to, let's say, CrossFit, right? CrossFit is designed as a sport which is basically pure athleticism and i've always argued i'm like well okay cool so how can we only see maybe one or two black people who you know are at the upper echelons of crossfit and taking in all the stereotypes of blackness i'm going to take all the stereotypes from right now all the negative stereotypes that black people are quote unquote more athletic and so if i'm looking at ultimate I'm like, well, this seems like a, a sport that, and Remy, as you mentioned, you get D1, and we all know if you make D1 in the States, you are la creme de la creme at especially basketball, football in the world, right? Like, that's who you are. And then seeing that there should be, you know, some massive crossover in terms of the athleticism, you know, the hand-eye coordination, the speed, the agility, the quickness, you would think, in theory, this could or should be a sport dominated quote unquote by non-white looking folks so where, where is a, a kind of a disconnect that we're getting in here yeah it's uh in theory you'd think you'd think it would make sense and there is a little bit of a gap um i think you know kind of comes back to the portion i was speaking to earlier that i don't know maybe there's that societal pressure that you know black athletes are doing the basketball the football <clears throat> pardon me the the soccer and it's not it's not cool to to play ultimate or it's you know it, it's it's weird almost um but there's no you know reason behind why they shouldn't be in that space so it's more of a a theoretical barrier i would say um and on the other side of that one of the most interesting things i I heard from a teammate was that uh, we were kind of discussing the diversity of the sport and he and he, he was Asian at the time and he, he looked at me and he's like, you know what, once uh, once black people figure out that ultimate's a thing, we're all screwed. And I was like, That's funny. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have the same argument with CrossFit. I'm like, once all <laughs> right? these retired NFL players are like, yo, hold up, we train like this. Yeah. Um, Y'all going to pay us now? 
and I don't get no concussions. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And and so what are what are some of the things that you know Ultimate is doing to increase representation? Because I mean, if you're gonna go to the Olympics and you know, fingers crossed, 2024, you know, you want and this is not just you know, reflecting representation within Canada, or within Toronto, you need to grow it as a global sport. What are, you know, some of the things that Ultimate is doing broadly to increase the representation of the sport? You know, in in the wake of EDI and, you know, BLM and, and the racial reckoning that's kind of happening, I think Ultimate's actually been in a really good position because it is relatively new um uh mainstream sport let's call it but you know in the wake of all that's happening in the in the current climate um we're really well positioned to kind of shape how the sport kind of evolves which is super interesting um at the club level um you see a lot of efforts that are happening especially if you take um the, the women's game, for example, or the girls ultimate movement, which is, you know, built towards promoting more representation of, of women at, at higher levels. Um, ultimate Canada is also doing its part in, you know, making it a little bit more balanced um, from from every standpoint. And then you have the, the professional leagues, let's call it. So you've got the American Ultimate Disc League, which is primarily male focused. There are a couple uh, female players in the league, um, but they've just started up um, uh, the AUDL inclusion initiative that I'm a part of. So we're, you know, putting our best foot forward to kind of see how we can grow the sport in a more diverse manner. Um, and then you've got the women's leagues as well that are doing a similar type thing to promote, I guess, women's sports um, from that diversity standpoint. But that's, I guess that's all in the North American bubble, let's call it. Um, on the international scale, um, I think one of the criteria for, for the Olympics, whether it's 2024 or 2028, is, I guess, percentage of the world that plays the sport or, ha sorry, has a governing body um, for the sport. And we're seeing it increase, you know, slowly year over year. But the cool thing that, you know, injures us closer um is the development of all these other um, called them um, championships, whether they're national or continental. Um, just recently, Africa got a handful of um, championship circuits, which I think is super cool. Um, Asia has a number of them, and I apologize, I don't know exactly how they're divided, um, but that's also really cool. And Europe has been um, a Frisbee mainstay for, for a long time now, so they're they're also growing, um, but at a little bit smaller rate, I'd say, because um, they've been around for a while. You just you just kind of really picked my interest there when you said, you know, these championships on the African continent. So, you know, to your best of your, your knowledge, what does ultimate look like on the African continent? You know, specific countries, specific regions. Like, what does it look like? And are we getting the same types of quote unquote university kids who are playing ultimate globally or is it a different? know specimen of, of athlete that gets into it yeah i'm i'm unsure about the you know the educational implication or where they're actually starting on the on the african continent let's say but i will say that from my international experience everyone or a lot of people that that i play with or you know 
converse with they're excited to see these other countries show up um, to these international tournaments like you've got kenya zimbabwe i know when india first got their series of teams together everyone was super excited to see india um, it probably had something to do with them having really sick jerseys but you know <laughs> um, hey 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 man you gotta sell <laughs> merchandise right I was going to, yo, uh, in Frisbee or in ultimate, I should say, um, at the international level, you got a good Jersey. That's pretty much currency. Um, but, uh, but I digress, but yeah, so we're excited <laughs> to see all these other countries come out of the woodwork and, you know, even if they can only support one team or, you know, maybe two teams, it's, it's growing and that's a good sign. And Edmund, where do you see your future in this sport? I mean, you're, you're in university now. Do you see it as something that you want to pursue outside? Do you see it growing? I don't know if Waterloo or KW region has, you know, pro teams or, or semi-pro teams or championships. Like for you, what is, what is the future for you in this sport? Yeah. So I guess I'll uh, start off by, I guess, I don't know, talking about the hierarchy uh, of teams, there's you know your your team Canada's, which uh, Remy's too humble to mention, but uh, he he's been on that a few times, I think. I just kind of uh, assumed because Remy kind of <laughs> just you kind of skirt around it, and I'm just like, okay, he's like, yeah, my international experience. I was like, okay, and then you're like, oh, so I'm assuming you're a pro. <laughs> so Remy, you're a pro player. I'm assuming. Okay, but there's there's a lot of international tournaments that are not competitive. Like a lot of this is humility. Ones. This is humility, Edmund. This is humility. Okay, this is what we call humility. So okay. Remy, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, Edmund, sorry, you were you were saying. Um, yeah, so so there's there's your national teams, your team Canada's. Um, there is uh, a I think there's a men's and women's pro league now. Um, the men's is the AUDL, uh, as Remy mentioned earlier, and the women's is the PUL. Uh, the teams, I think, are rather limited in quantity. Like, there's not too many of them. Uh, Remy's also too humble to mention this, but he's on Toronto's uh, semi-professional team. <laughs> I knew it. See, I called it. I called it. <laughs> Sorry for outing you, Remy. That's okay. That's okay. Um, but then, like Remy mentioned earlier, there's there's the club teams, which uh, many would consider to be the highest level of, of ultimate um, so I played most recently in 2019 for Waterloo's uh, club men's team. Uh, we weren't too great. We did not qualify for Canadian Nationals. Um, but now I'm back in Toronto uh, hoping to make a team called Grand Trunk, which is uh, one level below the team that Remy's on. Um, but, you know, hopefully... Sorry? No, I think GT. That's awesome. Yeah, GT. Um Hopefully one day um, I can make it onto uh, Remy's team GOAT Toronto, which is one of two of the best teams in Canada, the other being in Vancouver. Um, Hold on. So the humility coming off of Remy, I'm just like, so you're, <laughs> you're, you're one of the best ultimate players in Canada. I, I would like to think so. Um, I, I'd say I do my job on my team decently well so that's uh i'm asking edmund edmund is remy one of the best <laughs> ultimate players in canada uh from from what i've seen i i would say so yes boom there we go <laughs> okay i'll uh, take it 
<laughs> yeah, but um, fris frisbee is definitely something that I I would like to continue. You know, we we run there's you know just Toronto leagues and stuff that that people play in over the winter and over the summer too. Um, but you know with COVID and everything, we haven't I haven't played a game in like over a year now. So um, yeah, it's it's kind of hard, but. And, and and so Remy, when you get into space, dude, for you too. So, what is your your next step in this sport? Yeah, well, it's like uh, Edmund said, I haven't played in a year, and it's interesting because 2020 was my goal for 2020 was to have one more really good year um, on the on the pro team, have a good run with the with the club team, and maybe you know move into more of a, a retirement type uh, uh, lifestyle, um, although you never truly stop playing ultimate. So the retirement would look something like less competitive um, tournaments, um, you know, playing a little bit more of the fun tournaments, getting more into the the rec space um, and, you know, just having fun along the way. But further than that, at some point, um, I think I wanna get more into the into the coaching space um i think i've learned a decent amount that i'd like to share and and on top of that i would like to be a vehicle for for representation to get more black players in the sport um you know just kind of show them that it it's it's a cool sport it's it's really awesome and if i can you know be that that person that would be that would be the goal so what, what can we say to you know the young black athletes out there you know and a lot of us I would say age out for lack of a better term, you know, coming from high school, you may have been, you know, top in your high school or top in, you know, your, your, you say under 18 league, whatnot. And you're like, okay, cool. You know, I'm in university and I want to shift or, you know, not even just university. I just kind of want to shift into another sport. Injuries is a big thing too. A lot of folks change sports. So Remy, if you're to, to speak to, you know, those black athletes who have, you know, been in a particular sport, like what would you say directly to them to bring them in and i'm saying specifically to black athletes like what would you say to them to pull them into as you mentioned one of the fastest growing sports and the potential of being an olympian well at first i'd say you know you mentioned injuries this is not the sport to join if you're looking to skirt injuries i'll tell you that much um as i've had my oh, don't say that man because i was looking i was looking for another sport but if you're saying that <laughs> no thanks i'm out <laughs> um you know I should say, like, when you start out at the rec level, like, so much fun, barely any injuries. It's it's such a great community and, and environment. Um, but to pull, I guess, more of those black players, it's it's really an amazing opportunity as it's growing right now. This is a great time to, like, get into the space. And the, the good thing is it's not like you're going to go, I don't know, I'm trying to think of two very different skill sets, like, I don't know, golf to swimming. Like, you'll be able to carry over so much more of your athletic abilities um, your field awareness and just raw talent more than you know um, and and just getting out there and getting on the field you'll find you'll find an aspect that you love that you love very quickly whether it's um, playing defense and shutting people down which is which is my bread and butter um, or you know beating people down the field for a goal so there's lots to do and it's it's very open now and to confirm when you say shutting people down this is a non-contact sport correct 
it's a non-contact sport on paper, but similar to <laughs> similar to soccer. It's you know you're you're grinding in the lanes, you're shoulder to shoulder with people, you're going up, you know, jump balls, let's call it. Um, so there's that level of contact, but you're not tackling people. Not yet. We're gonna, I mean, we're gonna... if you are, something went wrong somewhere <laughs> in, the, in the play chain. So Edmund. Remy, I got to first of all say thank you very much for, you know, the opportunity to educate, you know, our class first and foremost on this new sport. Uh, I can't even say new sport because this is coming coming out in the 1960s, but exposing more folks to a quote unquote non-traditional sport and, you know, hopefully kind of jump up some support, especially at the University of Waterloo, to bring in those folks who may not have felt as, I would say, welcomed. Mm -hmm into it and you can say hey there's an opening we want to see different faces different backgrounds into the sport so edmund how if folks want to get involved with the ultimate frisbee team at waterloo who should they contact where should they go about um you know looking for information so the university of waterloo has both a men's team and a women's team uh, as well as developmental teams and the developmental teams actually do travel to all the tournaments and play in all the tournaments as well and there is a lot of opportunity to move up between the developmental team to the A team. Uh, an example is myself. Um, and the teams have actually done very well recently. The men's team came seventh at Canadian Nationals most recently, and the women's team won a bronze medal. Um, so if anyone's interested, uh, I'll link the Facebook pages below. And it's a great team and great community to be a part of. Speaking of community, like, it's not a very large one, uh, at least in the GTA area. Um, like, I, I haven't even personally, I don't think, met Remy before, but we've definitely crossed paths sometime. Um, but, you know, I just felt comfortable enough messaging him and asking him to do this. So thank you, Remy. No, oh, thank you. This was this was great. And Remy, if people want to get, you know, to that, I'll say that next level of you know, competition and competitive ultimate, who, where should they get started? Who should they contact? What should they do? Like after listening to this podcast, like, okay, cool. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a couple different things. Like I'm also always open to talk to more people and get more people in the sport and give them some information. So I can pass along my contact and people can shoot people my way um, on a, I guess on a city level or a region level. Um, Toronto Ultimate Club is a great place to start um, between clinics um, and just recreational spaces where you can participate and even just learn. Um, and then once you, you know, or if you think that you have uh, more of the talent to get to the, the more competitive level, the Toronto Rush, um, they have open tryouts um, a bit yearly, I'd say. Um, granted, COVID has changed the structure of how we, we operate at the moment and goat ultimate is also um having tryouts so i'd recommend if you want to get into the the open touring space um goat ultimate um you can google us um you can send a send a note um through the website and the good thing about it is it it actually is you know coordinated for the system so if you want to get started our our first level team is roy then we've got grand trunk and then ultimately goat um, on the women's side, we have Sixers Ultimate. Um, they're pretty much at the pinnacle right now, which is awesome for Toronto. And if you're, you know, if you want to do the mixed game, we have we have Union, uh, Union Ultimate in Toronto as well. Um, so I can send all the information for that. People are more than welcome to, you know, 
reach out and uh, hopefully we get more people in the space. Hey, man, we'll definitely appreciate that. I'll definitely send out. And so someone like myself, how can I support uh, GOAT, Grand Trunk? Like, what can I do? Where can I get some of your gear? You know, as a thank you, supporting what y'all are doing. Because if you said the, if you said the uniforms make the team, right? Yeah. I got to get in some of this, you know, some of this gear. Yeah, that's a good question. So Toronto, so the Pro League, the Toronto, there is the Pro Shop, let's call it. Um if you Google torontorush.com, that'll take you right to the website. You can jump on over to the shop for Goat Ultimate. Um, the club gear, you don't actually see as much of it unless you're in the space, but Goat Ultimate will also take you to the shop. Um, our biggest sponsor, VC Ultimate, has, you know, has been behind us for, for so many years. So a quick Google of VC Ultimate, you can go to the sponsored teams page and Goat Ultimate will be right there. Perfect, perfect. And I'm going to get some gear from you, but I want to make sure it's signed by Remy and Edmund. <laughs> because when y'all make the Olympics, you know what I mean? Edmund, I'm including you in this as well. When y'all make the Olympics 2024, <laughs> I want to pull out them and be like, hey, look, man, I was a firm supporter before it became hot. Right? That's why I'm going to be on that space. So, again, I want to say thank you so much to both of you, Remy, Edmund. Thank you. thank you very much for taking the time. You know, I know at least our students definitely engage in these podcasts. And, you know, we've had a lot of traction in other sports that we've uh, definitely, you know, showcased on the pods of our, our in our class here. So I definitely think this is going to pull a lot of interest for folks and, you know, get into the sport. So, again, I want to say Edmund, thank you. Remy, thank you so much. Thank you and uh, happy to be here and best of luck. Appreciate uh, it. Thanks. Edmund, thank you. Thanks you both. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, folks.